This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Just a real quick couple of announcements, a few announcements. Uh, first off, tonight we have a really good program with uh, Imam Siraj Wahaj and our own uh, Sheikh uh, Yasser uh, after Risha. So please be sure to come here. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be a really good program, inshallah. Number one. Number two, we have uh, Wax and Drive next Tuesday uh, from 2 to 5, inshallah. Same thing. If you haven't taken the vaccine, uh, 1, 2, or the booster, you should come here, go online, register. That's two. Um, the Umrah package, that's uh, the Umrah tour, or the Umrah uh, trip with Imam Nadim. Uh, if it's in March, so if you, if you want to go, please uh, register online, and that will be good. And then last but not least, the elections are in progress. The Constitution Amendment voting for the general body is un underway. So if you come for voting, or whether you vote or not, Please do come and vote for the amendments of the Constitution. They are really important, inshallah. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar,
Alhamdulillah, all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We praise Him and we seek His help and aid. And we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of our souls and the consequences of our actions. Indeed, whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whomever Allah chooses to allow to go astray, then none can guide him to the straight path. I bear witness and I testify that there is no God other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I bear witness and I testify that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his final messenger and his most perfect worshiper. As to what follows, Allah reminds us in the Quran to be conscious of him when he says, Ya Muslimun. O you who believe, be conscious of Allah the way that it is befitting you are conscious of him and do not die except in a state of submission. Dear Muslims, today's khutbah will be about one of the earliest surahs that Allah Azza wa Jal revealed to our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In the early Meccan stages, perhaps even the first year of revelation, Allah Azza wa Jal revealed a small surah, a surah that we recite every few salawat. It is one of the common surahs. And in today's khutbah, we will elaborate and illustrate and give a tafsir of this surah so that insha'Allah ta'ala, we can benefit in our daily lives and we can also benefit when we recite this surah in our salawat. The surah is Surah Al-Ma'un. And it is small, six or seven verses. أَرَأَيْتَ الَّذِي يُكَذِّبُ بِالدِّينِ فَذَٰلِكَ الَّذِي يَدُعُّ الْيَتِيمِ وَلَا يَحُضُّ عَلَىٰ طَعَامِ الْمِسْكِينِ فَوَيْلٌ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنْ صَلَاتِهِمْ سَاهُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ يُرَاءُونَ وَيَمْنَعُونَ الْمَاعُونَ Have you seen, Ya Rasulullah, have you seen this person who rejects the deen? The deen here, the primary meaning of deen is the day of judgment, as in Maliki يَوْمِ الدِّينَ And deen, also implies a religion. Islam is a deen. So belief in a religion and belief in judgment day is actually really the same thing. Because the word dana yadinu means to believe in judgment and means to believe in a system of laws. They are the same thing. And the Quraysh denied there was a system of laws, the deen. And they denied there's a day of judgment, Maliki Yawmuddin. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala challenged the belief of the Quraysh. And this shows us 
that we are obliged to speak truth to power. When Muslims are being persecuted, when there was no izzah of Islam, when Muslims were small and weak, the Quran pointed out the hypocrisies and the kufr of the dominant society. Have you seen this person? Now, who is this person? Our scholars of tafsir say maybe it was Abu Jahl, maybe it was Al-Asib bin Wa'il. The Quran does not mention who it was. But the point is, when Allah says, have you seen this one? Every Qurashi will think, is it me? Am I the one being referred to? So Allah challenges everyone who rejects the deen. Have you seen this person who rejects the judgment day? Have you seen him? In this question, we also learn something from all of us. We are commanded by Allah to benefit from both those who have religion and those who don't have religion. Those who don't have religion, we see what happens when you don't have religion. And we take a lesson from that. And frankly, open our eyes to modern society. What happens when you lose concept of God, concept of religiosity, concept of family, concept of akhlaq? Open your eyes and see the reality and you know what happens when you remove deen from society. So Allah is asking the Prophet and through him all of us, Have you not seen this person who rejects the day of judgment, who rejects there being a system revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What is the result when you reject Judgment Day? That is the person who pushes the orphan away. Now this is a very profound, very deep relationship. The one who rejects Judgment Day, Allah says that is the one who inevitably ends up pushing the orphan. The most violent, the most cruel, the most inhumane act you can imagine to be uncompassionate to the orphan, to push the orphan away. And Allah says this is linked to him not believing in the hereafter. Now it is true to state that not everybody who rejects the day of judgment will push an orphan. But it is also true to say nobody who truly believes in judgment day can be this cruel. Nobody who believes in Qiyamah and believes in Allah, real belief, can be so cold-hearted in order to be so cold-hearted, so callous, there cannot be a heart upon Iman. So Allah gives an example that is not to everybody who rejects the deen, but it is an essential quality of everybody who is cruel, everybody who takes the rights of others, everybody who takes the rights of the most vulnerable. That person cannot believe in the deen. And so Allah gives this example and this shows us a very, very simple reality that unfortunately in our society is being denied. And that is this reality of linking one's belief with one's actions. A lot of people in today's society, they're like, who cares about theology? Who cares about religion? I can be a good person without religion. And Allah Azza wa Jal throughout the Quran says there's no such thing to have genuine good faith to have genuine good akhlaq, to have genuine compassion, to have consistency in being good unto others, there must be a religiosity, there must be a belief in Allah. Those who have no such belief, they might be good sometimes. They might be kind and compassionate sometimes. But if you have no belief in the hereafter, if you're not believing there's a judgment day, then you cannot remain consistently doing good unto others. 
It is true, there are many who don't believe in the hereafter, and once in a while they'll be good. It is true, we cannot deny that. But it is only those who truly believe that will fear Allah in public and in secret. It is only those who know that Allah is watching them and who know that they have to answer on the day of judgment for their deeds that will always maintain morality regardless of the circumstances. And this is why our religion has come to affirm both Iman and Amal. Belief and actions, they go hand in hand. Do not trivialize, O Muslims, belief in Allah and what happens when you believe in Allah. Do not trivialize belief in the hereafter and the moral impact of believing in the hereafter. When you believe in the hereafter, it will automatically shape the way you live in this world. When you don't believe in the hereafter, you cannot maintain consistent good actions. And again, this is a response to those in our times who say, oh, look at you religious folks. You're only religious and you're only good because you want reward from the hereafter. And as for us, they say, we are good for the sake of being good. We respond to them. Firstly, no one can maintain consistency in being good unless they believe in a higher power. And secondly, and this is a philosophical point, who gets to define good? when you don't believe in a hereafter and God. It is Allah who defines good. It is Allah who tells us what is good from evil. So those who remove deen, those who yukadhibu bid-deen, they will end up in a society and in a civilization where evil becomes good and good becomes evil as we see what is happening. And they will end up in a people and amongst peoples who will not be able to maintain morality at all times. Therefore, our religion has come. Those who they fear their Lord in secret. They're certain that they're going to meet their Lord. That is what happens when you believe in Allah. When you don't believe in Allah, callousness is a natural result. Selfishness. You care about yourself, even the orphan who comes to you. I don't care about you. Why should I give you anything? So the one who believes in Allah will be compassionate to all. The one who doesn't believe in Allah will end up being cold-hearted and narrow-minded and very, very selfish until finally, He pushes the orphan away. And he is never involved in encouraging feeding of the poor. He's not the one who wants betterment for society. He's only worried about himself or herself. Nafsi, nafsi. And as for the believers, Iman will automatically bring about a sense of compassion, a sense of rahmah, a sense of being at the forefront of wanting to help others who are not as privileged as them. So Allah Azza wa Jal says, the one who rejects the deen, will end up being cold-hearted, being selfish, will end up not caring about anybody else, will end up not doing anything that is good. And as I said, the verse is talking about one subset because there are those who don't believe in God, but they live semi-righteous lives in terms of actions, but they cannot live fully righteous lives. In our belief and system, you have to have Iman and Amal together. When you don't have imal, iman, you might have partial amal, but you will never have full amal. So Allah says, the one who rejects the deen will end up doing these things. Then Allah says, a very strange verse for a lot of people, Woe to those who pray. This verse has caused many commentators to wonder, 
What is this switch doing here? Because it is as if the first verse is talking about those who reject Allah, the Quraysh. Then the last half of the surah, it is as if Allah is talking about those who pray but not properly. Those that are not vigilant in their salah. Those that are praying to show off. And those that are not generous. So the first half seems to talk about those who reject Islam. And the second half seems to talk about those who might not be that good Muslims. How is the linkage between the two? In fact, some of our early scholars were so perplexed that their solution was, and I don't agree with this, their solution was the first half of the surah was revealed in Mecca for the people of the Quraysh. And the second half was revealed in Medina for the Munafiqun. And this is one attempt to make this solution. How do we correlate these verses? But there is another way to correlate them. And that does not require to believe that the surah came down in two separate gatherings. And this correlation is very straightforward. Because there are those people of Islam, those who are Muslims, when they hear, When they hear of this person who rejects the deen, shaitan will come and say, don't worry, you're a good person. Because you offer your prayers and you believe in Allah. Your rituals and your iman is enough to save you. So Allah Azza wa Jal addresses those people. This is us here now. That don't think that your half-hearted rituals are good enough. Don't think that when you just do the bare minimum and you're not even conscious of Allah. And it does not impact your akhlaq. Then don't think that you are saved. Just because the Quraysh have rejected the deen and are so evil, you who are not fully committed to the system of Islam, don't think you are safe. So Allah brings about a verse that will shock the listener who is a believer. Woe, punishment, wail is punishment. Woe to those who are praying. This should cause every one of us who is going to pray in a while, our ears should stand up. What does it mean? Woe to those who are praying. We are praying. Why is Allah criticizing those who are praying? Because Allah then moves on. Because He's not criticizing those who pray. He's criticizing a group amongst those who pray. That group whose self-imposed version of piety. That group who thinks that just because they're half-heartedly praying, just because they're doing certain things, they're automatically saved. Allah says, woe to that category. Don't think that just because you're not like the Quraysh, don't think that you have automatically become good. Look at your own actions and judge yourself in light of your own actions. What are your actions? Woe to those who pray. Those people who are very lax, very lackadaisical about their salah. Sahun means they're not vigilant. They don't care about the salah. Now, this, uh, the verse here, it applies to those who they don't make it a regular habit to pray. And when they pray, they don't care about how they're praying, whether they have wudu or not. And in fact, the primary motivation of salah is not for the sake of Allah. It is for the sake of the people. There were people, and there still are people, who don't want to be religious for the sake of religion. They don't want to be religious for the sake of Allah. They want to be religious for the sake of the PR, for the sake of impressing, for the sake of the culture or the subculture they're a part of. And Allah criticizes them, that in particular. 
Our scholars say Allah says for that الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنْ صَلَاتِهِمْ سَاهُونَ and not الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ سَاهُونَ and the difference between the two is the difference that saves us from those that destroys. فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ would mean those who are not fully vigilant while they pray, their hearts wander, they don't concentrate. If Allah had said فِي one of the tabi'un said, we would have all been destroyed. Who amongst us can pray 100%? But Allah didn't say that. Allah said they are lax about the prayer, not lax in the prayer. As for being lax in the prayer, obviously that's not good. But you're not going to get punished. You're not going to go to Jahannam. If you can't concentrate 100%, that's not good. You're not going to get the full reward. But you're doing your job. So Allah didn't say those who are not vigilant during the salah. Allah said those who are not vigilant about the salah. And this means two things. Number one, they don't pray regularly. They only pray when people are watching. They only pray when others are in the vicinity. When they're at someone's house, everybody stands to pray. They feel embarrassed to be sitting in the corner. Just because of that embarrassment, they go and they pray. And Allah says, this is not the prayer I want. I don't want the prayer of the hypocrite. I don't want the prayer, They're only praying to show off. And Allah describes the hypocrites in the Quran in a very vivid verse. وَإِذَا قَامُوا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ قَامُوا كُسَالًا When they have to pray, they pray and they are so lazy. They don't want to pray. قَامُوا كُسَالًا يُرَاؤُونَ النَّاسِ They only want to show off that they are praying. They're showing the people they're religious and they don't think of Allah at all, except maybe a little bit. وَلَا يَذْكُونَ اللَّهَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا So Allah criticizes a false sense of religiosity. The sense of piety, oh, I'm a Muslim, I shall be saved. But when you look at this Muslim, you find first and foremost, their rituals don't really exist. And if they do, the rituals are meant to impress other people, not for the sake of Allah. And secondly, it is also going to be true that the one whose religion is weak, they will not be generous. Now, ma'un here, our scholars say, ma'un is the smallest act of charity that people do amongst friends and families and neighbors. So once upon a time when people were all tightly knit together, you would ask your neighbor, can I borrow a pot? Can you send me some flour? I don't have any flour today. This is the word ma'un. And Allah says that once again, there are those people who are believers, but they're so stingy that their heart feels a pain when they have to share the necessities of life. And once again, Allah links two things to Iman, rituals and good deeds. Being per, uh, punctual in your salah and being generous with other people. Just like in the first half of the verse, Allah says these are people who reject religion and they're not good to others. Similarly, in the second half, Allah says when you don't have good Iman, then even your rituals will suffer and even your akhlaq to other people will suffer. And this surah demonstrates the linkage between strong Iman and between rituals and between good akhlaq. They all go hand in hand. When you are a believer in Allah, your rituals, your salah, your zakah will be done punctually and good. And when you are a believer in Allah, then automatically your akhlaq with other people and your generosity and your sharing will reach high levels. But when your iman is weak 
or when you don't have Iman. And this is why both halves of the surah have same thing in common. When your Iman is weak is the second half. When you don't have Iman is the first half. It will demonstrate. You will see this. How will you see this? You will see this in two barometers, two pressure points. Number one, what is your relationship with Allah? And number two, what is your relationship with the rest of mankind? What this surah teaches us is very straightforward, brothers and sisters, and that is Iman in Allah will be manifested in two fundamental areas of our life. Memorize this point. Iman in Allah will be manifested in two areas. Number one, your rituals. And whether you're caring about them or not, nobody's perfect. We all fall short of not praying 100% attention. But we're vigilant. We try. We put in the effort. And if we don't, then this is a very dangerous sign. And number two, Iman is also demonstrated in how we treat other people, in our compassion, in our kindness. If Allah criticizes the Quraysh for not being kind to orphans, then we in this community of Muslims must be at the forefront of taking care of orphans. If Allah criticizes the Quraysh for not caring about feeding the hungry, then how can we allow anybody whom we know to go to sleep hungry when we have surplus in our house? We have to be very clear that Iman in Allah and Iman in Qiyamah and Iman in Deen will automatically result in a compassion and caring for the most vulnerable of society. Why did Allah say Yatim? Because the Yatim cannot help you back. The Yatim is completely vulnerable. It's a one-way charity. You give, you're not going to get anything back. If you can be generous to the Yatim, then you are truly a generous person. If you can encourage the giving of food to those who have no food and they cannot give you back in any mechanism of this world, then you are showing who you really are. So, dear brothers and sisters, this surah, despite the fact it was so early in Mecca, Allah Azza wa Jal is summarizing this entire religion for us. And this religion is about belief in Allah, attempting your best to be good in your rituals and then giving back to your family and society. Islam is that simple. Wallahi, it is that simple. Everything else is just the details. That's all we need to do. Simple belief in Allah and Judgment Day and the Prophet Sallallahu Our attempts to be good in our rituals, in our salah, in our hajj, in our Ramadan, in our zakah, and then being kind and compassionate to others. Even though the surah is so small and it is so early, it summarizes all of the teachings and it spoke truth to power and it criticized when the Muslims were minority, it criticized the dominant society and pointed their own hypocrisy. You think you're all so great. You don't even do these basic things. You don't even have this compassion for others. And all of this is stemming because your society is a society of godlessness, heedlessness, and not believing in the hereafter. There is so much to benefit from this small surah, especially in the world and climate we live in. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who hear his speech and follow it to the best of our abilities. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who follow the Quran and who make us of those who are resurrected in its ranks. And we ask Allah's istighfar. He was well ask him for is the ghafoor and the rahim. Alhamdulillah, al-wahid al-ahad, al-samad, al-ladhi lam yalid wa lam yulad wa lam yakul lahu kufuan ahad wa ba'du. Dear Muslims, as we're all aware, there's so much happening around the globe. 
And wallahi, every few weeks or every few months, we hear of another issue, another case. And every few khutbas, I remind myself and other khutaba uh, remind you of the reality of, and responsibilities that we face over here in this land. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us so much privilege. And Allah has given us so much peace and security. And Allah has given us, alhamdulillah, al-amn wal-aman. Alladhi at'amahum min ju'in wa amanahum min khawf. These are the two most important blessings. Civil security and the ability to eat and drink in peace. And Allah has given us this. There's so much happening around the globe. I remind myself and all of you that we should not allow our hearts to become hard. We should not allow our hearts to become selfish. Give what you can to any cause. I encourage all of you to be attached to multiple causes around the globe. There's so many, there's no point listing them. As we speak, refugees, as we speak, there are uh, people that are fleeing from their lands. As we speak, countries are being bombed and refugees are being formed. Every one of us should be active in trying to give and in trying to make dua and in being connected with the peoples around us if we do not do so we are we are unfortunately on the path of coming towards the hardness of the heart as i have said many times our prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam reminded us that one of the cures of the hardness of the heart is to be involved with the poor to be involved with the faqir and the yatim i encourage all of you to sponsor orphans we re recited this surah today ultimately ideally orphan sponsorship should actually be one-on-one -on -one. it should be we take an orphan and raise them in our house unfortunately that is not that easy in our times the least we can do is to give finances and by the way that having been said we also need to point out i got a call this week as well that number of cases in this state of muslim children who have for whatever reason ended up in foster homes muslim children ended up in foster homes and i got a call from a caseworker that we need families uh, you know she was a muslim we need muslim families there are no muslim families taking care of muslim children and because there's this stigma that our society has there's this stigma that we don't want to be you know fostering children then unfortunately there are no muslims on the list so uh, this week another child was given over to a Christian family. Subhanallah. This is the equivalent of fostering. This is the equivalent of yatim. Even though maybe the parents might be alive, but as you're aware, sometimes things happen in a household and children's services have to come and take the child for his or her own safety. If the child is coming from a Muslim family, there should be Muslims on that list of the foster. So that in case there is a child that, uh, that uh, is coming from a Muslim background, this is our equivalent of sponsoring the orphan. So whoever amongst you is able to do so, I do encourage you to look into this and see if you can get involved in this. Second best scenario is to get involved in sponsoring around the globe. And not just this, but as I said, be involved in something beyond your lives. Dear Muslims, we thank Allah, alhamdulillah, that Allah has given us surplus. We have surplus wealth, surplus health. Alhamdulillah, we are in safety and security in this land. Therefore, we are extra obliged and responsible to help those that don't have this privilege. So when we give unto others, Allah will give back unto us. We are very, very fortunate and blessed. I have visited so many places, refugee camps and whatnot. And this is another point, by the way, whoever is able to physically go, whoever is able to go to some of these places, it changes your life. You become a different person when you visit a refugee camp, when you go to an orphanage yourself and you see how children are living, you see what is going on, you you cannot come back home and be the same person. So if you're able to do this in a part of your life as well later on, please do this. But my reminder to myself and all of you, don't just live life for yourself. 
Don't just live life for your own house and car. No. The concept of not caring about others. That's not Islam. That's not who we are. We care about other people. We're concerned about the globe and especially our own faith brothers and sisters. We're especially concerned about them. So as we read these surahs, don't think, oh, that's not me. Perhaps a partial element might apply to me and you if we have no concern for the orphan and we have no concern for, for global poverty and global hunger. Do what we can with whatever little we have and the least that we can do, our heart should feel connected to the ummah and our heart should feel something about the rest of our brothers and sisters. That's the lowest light uh, uh, indication of iman. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us for that which we cannot do and to bless us to do what we can do. Allahumma inni da'in fa'aminu. Allahumma la tad'a fi hadhanumi dhamban illa ghafarta wala hamman illa farrajta wala daynan illa qadayta wala maridan illa shafayta wala asiran illa yassarta. Allahumma gfil lana wa li ikhwanina lina sabaquna bil iman wala taj'a fi qulubina ghillan lirdhi amanu. Rabbana innaka raufur rahim. Allahumma a'izza al-islam wal-muslimin. Allahumma a'izza al-islam wal-muslimin. Allahumma a'izza al-islam wal-muslimin. Allahumma man aradana aw arada al-islam wal-muslimin bil-su'in fajghilhu binafsih waj'al tadmirahu fi tadbirihi ya qawiyu ya aziz. Ibad Allah, inna Allah ta'ala amarakum bi-amrin bada bihi binafsih wa thanna bi-malaikati qudusih wa thalatha bikum ayyuhal mu'nuna min jinnihi wa insih. Faqala azza min qa'lin alima inna Allah wa la yuktusuluna ala al-nabi ya ayuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik wa an'im ala abdilik wa rasulika muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Ibad Allah, inna Allah ta'ala ya'mu bil-adli wal-ihsani wa ita'id al-qurba wa yanha'al fahshai wal-munkari wal-baghi ya'idukum la'allakum tathakkaroon udhkuru Allah al-azim yadhkurkum washkuru yazid lakum wala dhikru Allah ta'ala akbar wa aqim as-salah If the brothers in the back can fill up the spaces, inshallah. الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله استو اعتدلوا straighten your rows leave no gaps in the line الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين 
اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين أرأيت الذي يكذب بالدين فذلك الذي يدع اليتيم ولا يحض على طعام المسكين فويل للمصلين الذين هم عن صلاتهم ساهون الذين هم يراءون ويمنعون الماعون الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين لإلاف قريش إلافهم رحلة الشتاء والصيف فليعبدوا رب هذا البيت الذي أطعمهم من جوع وآمنهم من خوف الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر
Allahu Akbar السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله استغفر الله استغفر الله استغفر الله اللهم تسلمك السلام عليكم we've had a request for dua for diseased and dua for the sick uh, we have one of our members, his grandfather, Ahmed Khalaf Maghzoum, passed away in Syria. Allahumma fillahu wa amhu aafihi wa aafu anhu. Allahumma akrim nuzulahu wa asya mudkhalahu. Allahumma aghsilhu al-ma'i wa al-thalji wa al-barad. Allahumma naqqihi min al-dhunubi wa al-khataya. Kama yunaqqa al-thawb al-abiyadu min al-danas. Allahumma jazihi bil-hasanati ihsana. Wa bil-sayyati afwan ghufrana. Wa Allah forgive the deceased and give sabr to his family. We've also have two requests for two of our members who are in a critical condition right now. The regular musallin here in our community, uh, Brother Habib Hussein, uh, who is in ICU right now, and Sayyid Hassan Ahmed, who is also in critical care. We make dua for them. Assalamualaikum. As usual, please donate on your way out. There are enough cash boxes everywhere. You can also zell. Uh, just a reminder: operation at epicmorjid.org. Jazakumullahu khairan.